intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin. A.K.A. MMA Anomaly and Emiliano, A.K.A. Jive Turkey Nano. Let's go. How we doing, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter, as usual. I'm your host, MMA Anomaly, A.K.A. Olin the host with the most and with me as always is the co-host with the most you know we're talking about jive turkey no no how we doing jive let's go great to see you olin i'm doing great brother we're doing fine and dandy on this wednesday and i'm ready to jump on in brother we got a low-key banger of a fight car coming up here ladies and gentlemen with the week off man for like two weeks just pent up so much energy man so much enthusiasm i'm excited brother can't wait to dive on in brother let's go Let's go. Let's get it. Um, I'm super stoked about this episode, man. We got a stunning UFC card coming up. We have UFC Fight Night, Dariush versus Sarukian, a.k.a. UFC Austin, baby. Going all the way down to the dirty, dirty, the dirty south. You know I'm talking about Texas. And uh, to next door <laughs> neighbor to where I grew up in Louisiana. So uh, I got yeah, family out in Texas. Very, very um, familiar with that area. I know all the folks that are going out there, Michael Bisping included, are going to have a great time in Austin. So um, here's to them, and uh, here's to a hell of a fight card. We are going to go ahead and start it off at the very bottom of this card. Uh, man, we're going to go ahead and just address the elephant in the room here as usual. Khalil Roundtree versus Azamat Mirzakhanov was originally slated to be on this card. It did end up getting canceled, unfortunately, though that fight would have been a banger to watch. Uh, you know, as unfortunate as it is, it did fall off. And with that being said, we do have a banger to start off the card here, guys. We have undefeated Jamie Lynn Horth coming in and putting that O on the line against Veronica Macedo. You know what I'm talking about here. Veronica Macedo, um, or should I say... Veronica Hardy, uh, you know, she just recently got married to Dan Hardy. Uh, you might be able to see the action figure right there of Dan Hardy. Throwback. Let's go. Um, Real one. The collection up, you guys. So always have been a huge fan of Dan Hardy. Um, I am personally extremely excited about this fight for um, a myriad of reasons. One being my fandom of Dan Hardy, obviously. Another being the fact that Veronica Hardy looked her absolute best and her last performance out there against somebody that I am actually a fan of in Juliana Killer Miller, uh, you know, the ultimate fighter alum. So she went out there and Veronica Hardy, she went out there and she just took her on. She, she made it a, a nasty fight, um, landed 78 strikes on her opponent, went four for four on takedowns, landing a hundred percent takedown ratio. Uh, her significant strikes guys, 
62 out of 77 total strikes 78 out of 95 in that fight she was landing both on total strikes and significant strikes at over an 80 percent clip that's ridiculous um very very accurate as uh mike goldberg would say he once said about anderson silva possibly some of the most accurate accuracy we've seen inside of the octagon um so I'm very excited to see, was this a fluke matchup in her just pulling off that great performance against for uh, Juliana Miller? Or is Dan Hardy over there crafting the future of women's mixed martial arts and Veronica Hardy? Uh, I, for one, can't wait to find out on Saturday when it comes to this matchup against Jamie Lynn Horth, who, I mean, she came out there in, in the Song versus Simone fight and uh, her fight card, and she, she fought Haley Cowan and just... Put it on her, start to finish. Um, again, someone who made it a pretty dirty fight, landing at a 77% clip. She did go 0-1 on takedowns, which is worrisome. I think Veronica Hardy's path to victory here is going to be very takedown heavy. Nano, hot Mike, what do you think? Let's go, let's go. Mike is hot. Appreciate the handoff, brother. And great lead into this awesome uh, uh, start to the fight card here. This is a, a great one, ladies and gentlemen. We have two talented women squaring off here. Veronica Macedo, Hardy, Mrs. Hardy here. Uh, and I think the, the big takeaway with her game, I feel, uh, I feel like this is her fight to lose. I think her record, please don't look at that. It is not flattering. Okay. But she's 28 years old. She's been in the octagon for a while. You take a lot of those learning lessons as you're young and you slowly get better as you, uh, get some maturity. And I think that's what's happening here with Veronica. She, in my opinion, uh, does have the superior athleticism, thinks she has better speed. And I do believe the game plan will be top notch due to Tom Hardy, obviously. Uh, or Dan Hardy. Why is Tom Hardy? My goodness. Thinking of Venom over here. Uh, Dan Hardy. <laughs> Oh, that's where my Marvel brain's at. My apologies, ladies and gentlemen. Dan Hardy, uh, Red Mohawk, legendary fighter back in the day. But I do think uh, due to his fighting career and his MMA brain, I do think they're going to have the most optimal game plan for Veronica Hardy. Uh, and again, coming off a, a big win of Juli against Juliana M Miller. Uh, I don't think either of us expected that. But again, uh, she's this is not a cakewalk, right? Jamie Lynn Horth uh, is someone that has one win in the UFC back in April of this year. And when you just look at her as just a, a woman, right? She's going to have a four-inch height advantage. She is going to have a three-inch reach advantage as well. And again, in regards to that, I do think she's going to have a little bit more of the physicality on her side. Uh, one thing I noticed in terms of the statistics is that uh, Jamie is a little bit more of the busier fighter. She's going to be landing five of her strikes per minute over that, 5.07. Uh, while Veronica lands about three per minute. So a little bit more uh, offense we will maybe expect here from Jamie. Again, she's going to be a little bit bigger. Is she going to be trying to impose her will? Uh, and she does have a 75% takedown defense at this time. Again, only one fight in the UFC. She is 6-0. Maybe we take that with a grain of salt. However, something to consider here. Um, I know Dan Hardy's looking at this. I know Veronica's keeping all of this in mind. Just have all the tools in the toolbox. Just a matter matter of what you want to wear on the tool belt that day, and um, the job will get done. I think Veronica will find a way to edge up the uh, decision win here. 
Let's go. I love it when we're aligned on the same fighter, man. Uh, we'll, we'll go ahead and just keep it trucking right on along. Wellington Terman versus Jared Gooden. I'll be honest with you. I don't have a ton of notes on this one. Uh, it's one that I'll watch. Uh, it's one that I don't have a lot of stake in, though. Uh, it could go either way. What are your thoughts on this one? I'll let you take the lead. Appreciate it, brother. Um, yeah, Sir Wellington uh, Beef Terman here. I like to con- uh, call him. I know that's not his name. I apologize. I won't say it again. Uh, don't hate me, uh, Wellington. But no, again, 27 years old, 18 and 7. Dude's very busy. And I think the one uh, takeaway with Sir Wellington is that he does train with Alex Pereira. So and I always say on the show, iron sharpens iron. And if you're going to be in the same training room with that guy and actually another person on this fight card who we could talk about next here, um, again, I, I think that that's going to help his game out a lot. Uh, you're gonna notice maybe maybe some trades of little, maybe little shades of Alex Pereira at times in there. I don't know if he's gonna have that same left hook power uh, that Alex has, but again, I think some of that uh, will rub off on him, and I do think he'll have a great game plan and you know, four KOs under his belt, six or eight subs submissions, excuse me. Uh, so I do think all that considered, he's very well rounded. Uh, and coming off back to back losses, I mean, it's it's a must win. I mean, you're you're two losses in the UFC in a row. Fool me twice, or, or I like to use my baseball analogy. Three strikes and you're out of there, kid. So uh, let's hopefully get on the winning track. I'm going to lean Wellington Terman on this one. No disrespect to our boy Jared Gooden over here. Uh, he's 29 years old, 22-9 and nine record, which is really impressive, with 11 KOs and six subs to complement that uh, high finishing rate. Uh, and the dude is coming off a loss as well in his UFC debut. So uh, coming in, the UFC very decorated. And everyone's hungry after that loss. So, you know, they're both going to be looking to uh, get that bad taste out of their mouth. So as much as Jared Gooden does have a puncher's chance, I'm just going to lean Wellington Terman here. I just think he's going to have more tools in the toolbox. He could take him down, muddy it up. Uh, but maybe we'll see some of those uh, Alex Pereira hands and maybe a left hook will land and uh, hurt Jared Gooden and, and give us a good run for our money here. Oh, can you hear me? Are you loud? I don't know if we can hear you, brother. I mute myself on one mic, and then I mute myself on the other thing. I double muting myself. Jeez, Louise. Classic, classic. Uh, Classic, classic amateur hour here. Um, Yeah, so what I was saying when I didn't realize I was on a double mute here... Wellington Terman, I, I completely agree, man. He definitely has a puncher's chance. He's got lead in his hands. And I mean, when he throws, he throws hard, right? But that five-inch reach deficit, my goodness, that's a that's a tough break, kid. And and going in there against an absolute freak in Jared Gooden. I mean, the dude is he's an absolute beast. This is the epitome of a fight in experience. Uh, experienced fighter versus an experienced fighter. Both these guys have that dog in them. Both these guys are, are not really willing to give up anything as far as fight distance. They're going to both try and control the pace of the fight. Uh, they're both going to try and power forward no matter what the stakes are. Um, I mean, I, I anticipate this to be a dog fight. You know, both these guys are very young in their their MMA careers and in their lives. Uh, 27 and 29 years of age. The way they fight, you would think they're both mid-30s just because, like, they have so much experience. And again, they're just, they're both wily dog dog-like veterans. Um, so I expect this one to just be a slobber knocker. I, um, gosh... I don't I don't really know if I would want to bet on either side here. 
it's tough, right? Uh, because again, this is one of those where there's not really a clear person to bet on as far as the fight goes. You got Wellington Terman, who's coming off of back-to-back losses. You got Jared Gordon, who's coming off of a loss. And then before that, you know, he lost an ex-MMA uh, uh, to Impacus Kasignaya. And then he got the two wins before making it into the UFC. But man, since he made it to the UFC, he had that, that one loss. So it, it's tough, right? Um, when he's in the UFC, he's very up and down. Like his last run in the UFC was lackluster at best, right? Um, he had four fights in the UFC on that contract. He only won one of them. Um, so it, it's hard to bet on that young man. It's very hard to, but I digress. We, uh, we, we got to go with something here, right? We got to pick someone or something to happen. Uh, I think probably the safest bet on this one, mm, man, this one's tough. This one's a really, really tough one. Um, probably the over two and a half. Hmm. Yeah. I feel like the over two and a half is going to be the safer bet here. Both these guys are very tough, very strong. They have the ability to put opponents away, but both of them are very hard to put away. Um, between the two of them, they've only been finished four times, and they have well over uh, 50 fights between the two of them. Do with that knowledge what you will. Um, I, I think this is going to be a decision, but I think it's going to be an exciting one. Bet the over on it. I, I think that's the money, the money bet. Take to the bank. Um, take to the bank, folks. Moving into the next one. We got Rudolfo Bellato coming in against Ihor Potiera. Um, you might recognize him as the gunslinger, the man who slayed the dragon in Shogun Hua and then did his, you know, little gunslinger dance. Um, no, no, curious to hear your thoughts on this one. Who do you have winning this one and how? This is a fun one, ladies and gentlemen. I do think this is a little bit one-sided in terms of uh, styles, in terms of guys in their career, although they are the same age. They're coming in with different backgrounds. But let me start with who I think is going to win this fight, and that's Hidolfo Bellato. This guy is 27 years old, 11-2, six KOs, four subs. The dude's an absolute monster. I mean, like the boogeyman, you know? I'm talking like a Jason Voorhees, okay? Frankenstein. This dude's an absolute menace, okay? And he's making his UFC debut here after the Contender Series. And he's coming in with his career. Only losses thus far are to one man. Two losses to one man. And that's Vitor Petrino. I don't know if you've heard of that name before. I don't know if that's ringing any bells. I'm going to let it sit in. Vitor Petrino. Go ahead and pull out your phone or get out the app real quick and go ahead and uh, Google search this guy. He's 10-0, and he's another phenom from Brazil. So... I don't give this man Rodolfo any knocks for uh, those two L's. He might as well be undefeated coming into this with a lot of steam. And just on paper, dude's a scary dude. He has heavy hands and he's got that BJJ background. Absolute monster. Nightmare fuel, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and he's squaring off against Ukrainian here, Ihor Potieria. Uh, again, also 27 years old, but 19 and 4, 9 KOs, 6 subs. Very decorated. No slouch by any means. Um, you know, ain't no chip off the old block. But unfortunately, unfortunately, Ihor's big claim to fame was uh, TKO in um, my boy. <clears throat> Hurts me to say this. Me, a little choked up, sorry. And that was Shogun Hua. My guy. That's, that's your biggest feather in the cap. Okay, we get it, man. Cool. Okay, he was very old. All right. 
You should have been fighting. I mean, come on. I digress. After that, he got fed to an absolute dog in Carlos Ulberg. And that made me feel much better about that loss, frankly. Felt like my big brother came in and, you know, beat up the guy, beat up my bully. Unfortunately, you know, Ehor really just had nothing to showcase in that fight. So I don't know if he's getting better, or if he's getting worse. Uh, but can he weather the storm of another well-rounded power puncher? Time will tell, but I'm leaning Hadolfo. Dude's a menace. And probably my knockout, honestly. I might look at the odds. I might throw a little sprinkle, sprinkle on that because I feel pretty good about it. Or well, curb it by just a finish. Said, with that being said, I uh, I mean, I got to tell you, I, uh, I love your enthusiasm. I love the energy. I love the excitement, but I think you're wrong. Uh, I got to go with the gunslinger here. I think the gunslinger gets it done. I think Vegas got it wrong. I think there's a major, major deficit when it comes to experience. I also think that uh, Rodolfo Bellato has, uh, you know, uh, honestly, like a, a kind of padded record here. Uh, all but one of his fights are finishes. Um all but one of his fights, or sorry, all but two of his fights are outside of Dana White's Contender Series and or the UFC. Uh, the guy has two fights in Dana White's Contender Series, as you so greatly pointed out. One of those is a loss to Vitor Petrino, who obviously has his number. He beat him twice. Uh, and the other one was against... Murtaza Tala Ali, who is six and one, folks. He has seven professional fights. Um, and I mean, like, outside of Brave CF, he hasn't really fought anywhere. So, uh, other than Dana White's contender series, in which he got knocked out in the second round. So, I mean, I'm not saying that Hodolfo Bellato kind of has a, you know, a can crusher aura about him but i think maybe he has a little bit of can crusher aura about him guys i uh i think traitor Bellato is gonna get turned out by ihor the duelist pociero uh, I, I mean I, I really think that this guy's an absolute beast he also fought on dana white's contender series he got the win over lucas sudolski who is 10 and 3 much more fight experience than the guy standing opposite his opponent on dana white's contender series and then after that his first fight in the UFC was against Nikolai Nigamedianu. Um, no, I will not say that name again. You get it once, folks. That's it. Um, so, I mean, Nikolai Nigamedianu ended up getting him out of there with the TKO, was able to get it in the second round. And then right after a loss, they feed the kid to Mauricio Shogun Hua. I mean, they wanted this guy to be the sail off into the sunset moment for Shogun, and it just didn't happen. It just simply didn't turn out that way. Instead, the kid did one of the craziest little Fortnite emotes, blowing out the guns afterwards, and, and just got memed on for it. I think he does it again. I think he comes out there, and I think he gets the finish. I think if if you are weary on this, I think if you are not with me on this, then maybe you take the under 2.5 because either way, these guys are going out here to finish. Both men are big time finishers and we love to see that. Don't we? Uh, so I truly think that uh, the under 2.5 on this one and, or taking the money line on Ihor Posiera is probably the way to go. And welcome to the chat. Natalia Rose. Happy to see you here. Hope you're having a fantastic Wednesday. Moving into the next fight here. We got Steve Garcia. 
coming in against Mel Kazal, Costa. This one is one I might be most excited about. As far as the ones on the prelims, this this has dynamite written all over it. Um, you got just wily explosive fighter against wily explosive fighter both very young in their career both wanting to prove themselves and i mean when steve garcia fights it doesn't matter who's standing opposite you just know that that man is going in there to to just lay hands of violence on you no no who you got winning this one i love how uh, in sync we are brother just like the group just like the boy band because uh, i am also very excited for this fight brother i do think this has potential fight of the night written all over ladies and gentlemen back street back all right anyways uh yeah like i was saying back to the fights these are two violent fighters ladies and gentlemen who are constantly looking to inflict damage looking to cause pain looking to just insert their dominance over their opponents I'll start here with Steve Garcia, who will have the five-inch reach advantage, 31 years old. And uh, again, ultimately, just somebody that's coming in here with a lot of steam, recently beat a Chase Hooper that was a very impressive victory, in my opinion. Um, And, excuse me, uh, again, coming in with a southpaw, very strong stance, uh, somebody that surprised me in a lot of ways uh, with just, again, it doesn't look, it looks very unassuming, doesn't look like a very powerful guy on the surface but the more you break it down and the more you see how much damage he inflicts on his opponent opponents you realize okay well these guys are getting hurt out here they're flying under the canvas he's got a lot of stoppages um and again what he did to chase hooper basically making him just fold in there and almost give up it was tough to watch uh so i do think that steve garcia is a very violent fighter like i mentioned 14 victories 11 ko's i mean need i say more that finish rate's unbelievable but he's got his work cut out for him because this guy mez uh, Mel Kizael, uh, 27 years old, so a little bit younger, but he is much more uh, seasoned as a veteran there in the octagon. 20 wins, six losses, seven KOs, six subs, uh, and again, just another violent fighter. Like somebody, when you turn on the tape, uh, just <laughs> sticks out to you in a lot of ways. I I, I, I giggle a little bit because he kind of has like the skin thing. He has like really unique hairstyles, so I mean, visibly, like he kind of stands out a little bit, but. In terms of the skills, I mean, dude is impressive. I mean, his his ability to uh, use his awareness, use his explosive athleticism to throw and land with fierce power. These spinning leg kicks, these spinning elbow kick, uh, spinning elbows, um, these you know very hard, violent spinning strikes. Elbow kicks. <laughs> he, I mean, he's he's throwing combinations. I mean, I, I think I've seen him throw a spinning elbow into a, a lead uh, leg kick. I mean, it, it was. I've seen it all. This guy's, you know, very unique with his fighting style, very fun, very anime style, very uh, karate. Well, maybe not karate, but karate kid-esque um, in a way, just with how loose he is out there. But again, it's all with purpose. He's not, although he's, he's celebrating and doing the uh, shenanigans after he wins, it's it's fun seeing somebody that is that fluid in there, that is willing to throw these amazing strikes, and they're purposeful. It, it is not just to be fancy. It's like, He's leading into them. They're, he's chaining together these combinations that are just very unique and fun to watch and shock the opponents. All that to be said, I think this has fight of the night written all over it. It's hard for me to pick someone. Uh, I, I want to lean the younger fighter with a little bit more experience in Mez, Mel Kizael. However, this guy, Steve Garcia, man, I mean, it's just been steamrolling people. And and when, you got a, when you're a little bit older and you got a little bit of that, 
it's just something you got a little, a little bit of that moxie, you know. I don't know what it is about Steve. It's just he's just got that dog in him, man. So I'm gonna go back and forth here. I'm, I'm curious to hear your pick. Maybe that'll sway me one way or the other. But I know this has potential fight of the night written all over it. Um, I hope it goes 15 minutes, but I wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with my guy Milk. I'm gonna go Melky here. I'm gonna go Melk Kezael. I think I'm just go with the younger guy. What do you think, brother? You know, I'm not mad at that at all. Uh, I like Steve Garcia in this one, to be honest with you. Steve Garcia, even though he's a little bit older, you know I like the old dogs. What can I say? I'm the older guy of the two here, quite obviously. Uh, but that being said, there are reasons I'm leaning towards Steve Garcia here. I like Melchizel Costa. I think he's an absolute dog. I think he's very scrappy, very wily. But I also think that he, he comes into this with a a handful of skills that he brings to the table, right? He's a very strong, very stout fighter, but he's giving up a four inch reach advantage here uh, to Steve Garcia, who is someone who we have seen go out there and just give rhyme to reason when it comes to having the nickname mean machine, the man throws heat when he throws things into these punches. Uh, his last finish was a body kick followed up by punches. The one before that over Chase Hooper, as you mentioned so kindly, was a, a nice little barrage of punches there. And, and I mean, it was it was just phenomenal, right? From start to finish, this guy puts it on people, and you just know, no matter what, when he goes out there, it's going to be an extremely fun fight. Um, if I had to pick someone in this one, if I had to bet a money line on this one, I'd be hard pressed to, to say that this is an easy thing to do. Um, being completely honest here, because again, this, this is a very, very close fight. Um, I, I don't, I don't think I'll bet on this one. Uh, but if I had to, I'd take Steve Garcia in this one, as much as I like milk, I want to see him stay in the UFC. I want to see him get more favorable matchups. I just don't think this is one for him. Uh, so we can, we can bet a shot on this one, my friend. Um, but I think you'll be doing a shot on this one for sure. I, I'm going Rio Rancho, uh, New Mexico here. I'm going Steve Garcia here. I'm going mean machine here. I think he gets it done by going to the body early stacking pennies for a rainy day and then coming back and going up top. Um, I think that's how he gets it done. You can clip this. Uh, you can find it happen later. And, and to be honest, you can clip this part too, more so. If you don't feel confident in what I said about that, take the under 2.5 on this one, folks. Mark my words when I say that these guys both mean business when they, they touch gloves. As soon as the fight starts, it's going to be fireworks. Um, you can expect both these guys headhunting and, and just looking for holes and openings to get that finish any which way that it presents itself. Uh, I, for one, can't wait. I'll definitely be here for it. And yeah, as, as you said, as I said, I think this has fight of the night. Absolutely written all over it, folks. Um, either way, one of us is going to be drinking to it. Moving into the next one, we got Drakkar Close coming in against Joe Selecki. Folks, that's right. You heard me correctly. Joe Selecki. What year is it? My goodness, I think it I think it might be like uh, 2006. Joe Selecki fighting the UFC. Let's go. I'm excited about it. I think this one, again, is one of the I mean, this this is just let's call a spade a spade here. This fight card stacked. OK, for a fight night. Come on. 
I mean, we, they deprived us a week out of the year. One week we didn't have fights. We're pissed. We're flipping angry. I'm going to flip my desk here. I almost wrote a firm letter to Dana. I was that pissed. But they're spoiling us. We're uh, bearing the labors here. <laughs> Enjoy thy fruits of thy labors. Because we got a banger this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Made up for the lost time. <laughs> I absolutely, absolutely love that. Um, yeah, man, we, we have banger after banger after banger. And uh, Drakkar Close versus Joe Selecki. I mean, I think it's in one of them's last name. This is probably going to be another close one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Close one. <laughs> Nobody. All right. Uh, <laughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. <laughs> tough crowd, tough crowd. Uh, that being said, Joe Selecki, uh, I, I think he's a very fun fighter. I um, I just feel like he's been in the UFC for, you know, a little bit. Um, I don't know. I, I just feel like Joe Selecki is one of those old-style fighters. He's, he's, he's not been in the UFC that long. Let's face it. He's only been in the UFC since 2019. Um, but... He reminds me of so many fighters from yesteryear, right? Like the way that he moves, the way that he fights. He's very old style. I like it. Um, I think this is going to be a banger fight. And Drakkar Close is someone who, I mean, he hasn't really had the best run in the UFC, right? He's had a hell of a run, though. Uh, he's got wins over Mark Casey. He's got wins over Lando Venata, Groovy Lando. Got wins over Mean Bobby Green, Christos Yagos. Brendan Jenkins, Hoffa Garcia. But when he fights names like Benil Dariush, David Tamer, he gets he gets melted under the pressure, um, be it to decision, be it by KO. Either way, um, it, it just we've seen him melted in some of these situations. Now, Joe Selecki is one of these guys that he's fought Jared Gordon, he's fought Jim Miller, he's fought you know, some of these solid names. And I feel like he kind of just burst onto the UFC out of nowhere. And they instantly started feeding him to the Austin Hubbards and Jim Millers of the world. And not only has that happened to him, but he held his own man. And and he looked really freaking good out there. He beat Jim Miller. He got a unanimous decision over the young man on that Vittori Holland card. I mean, Jared Gordon is someone that we've seen beat the brakes off of a lot of really solid folks. So a loss to him. Isn't really saying a whole lot, I, man. Call me crazy, but I think I'm I'm betting on Joe Selecki here in this one. Who you got? I like it. You're selecting uh, Joe Selecki, huh? That's not a bad choice. I mean, the guy seems to be pretty good on the ground game. <laughs> tough craft, tough ground game. I thought I'd try it, try it again there. Test the waters. Uh, but nine subs, you know, 13 wins. That is very impressive. I think I just maybe want one of us or maybe, you know, now that we, we can't agree too much here, I think is what I'm trying to get to. So I'm going to go and lean Drakkar close. I think it'll be close. And I usually don't like the older fighters here, but his last loss was to a, a Daniel Bar- Dar- Benil Dariush back in 2020. You did mention him melting away. But, but before he melted away, he was looking good. I mean, he actually hurt Benil. And well, you thought hopefully he could have put him away, but the last nail in the coffin he let Benil go straight Undertaker mode, come back, chip away, chip away, and then knock um, Drakkar out. Uh, close, that is. And it was not close. I mean, it was it was very bad. He was close to knocking out Benil. I mean, that, that's pretty good. Close with a C. Um, but not close enough with the C again. Uh, so Drakkar close with the K. I do think with the five knockouts under his belt, 13 wins as well. A little bit older, but again, since that loss, he fought twice in uh, 2022. 
two dubs. Uh, I think this is come in here and enough time off, you know, and this is a good pace to be fighting on. I think you can find a way to get Joe Selecki out of there. So I'm going to lean the striker in this match. Maybe just because I want one of us to be doing shots or if I lose and maybe you'll lose this one or maybe maybe I'll get really, really drunk. Who knows? Won't be mad at that either. It's a win-win in my book. Come out. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. You love to see it, baby. Um, yeah, I love it when we pick the same, but I also love it when we differ here from each other. So I, I feel like this next fight is probably going to be another one where we where we go opposite ways here. Love, love that you let me go first on that last one that you just kind of, you know, bit the bullet and took your car close. I, I do feel like it's, uh, you know, it's a selective crowd here and um, it might be a close bout. So who knows? Who knows? Going to end up taking a shot there. Uh, <laughs> Couldn't agree more with that. That's the most factual statement we could have made <laughs> on this entire show. I'm just going to keep on making these dad jokes until the wheels fall off, folks. Oh, um, man. Well, hey, and maybe we'll differ here. Maybe we'll differ, but I'll, I'll quickly lead it off here. I don't need too much runway. Uh, but I do think I have a little bit of a man crush on this guy, Zachary Reese. I mean, you know, sometimes in other sports, uh, as a fan, you know, whether it's teams or just certain players, sometimes you just gravitate towards them. You don't know why. Uh, you know, maybe you turn on their high school tape. They look like a beast. Maybe you turn on their college tape. Maybe you like the college. Maybe you just see some of the highlights. They look like a beast. And then they go to a team. Gobbling it up. Same, man. I'm just, I'm trying to, you know, talk through this man crush thing I'm talking about here as a sports fan. Because what happens is sometimes you just, you lay eyes on these athletes sometimes. And just all, all it takes is one look. Okay. All it takes is one highlight. All it takes is one touchdown. All it takes is one home run, one goal. In this case, all it took was one knockout for me to see of this guy, Zachary Reese. And I was eating it up like Reese's Pieces, baby. I mean, this guy is smooth like butter. Let me tell y'all. Okay. Doesn't have a picture yet on uh, the UFC. That's fine. It's fine. It's probably the first time I'm, I might be really betting and really favoring someone that uh, is so unknown. But that's the beauty of the sport, ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling y'all, don't sleep on this kid. Zachary Reese, I actually saw on one of the uh, YouTube channels, one of the MMA scrum channels, they refer to him as a, uh, what do they say? It was like an outlet Logan Paul, something like a, a discounted Logan Paul. So that I, I did not appreciate. Maybe that's why I like him more. Cause I'm like, you know what? Don't put so much respect. Put some respect on this guy. I was like, he is. He's Zachary Reese. He's no discount Logan Paul. I'm like that's very disrespectful. Then I realized I think I like this guy. Anyways, I digress. Uh, dude's a savage though. Dude's got great skills. Um, he, he has. He's a, a big framed individual for the weight uh, division. At six three. Um, I, people ask him a lot. How is he making the weight? He's like, dude, I feel fine. I'm just a healthy dude. It is what it is. Uh, Say so he didn't have to sweat too much for the camp. And he's ready to go in there and showcase his skills. Um, although a lot of it has been against lower level opponents, he does have one fight in the Dana White Contender Series where he did have to weather an early storm. He got rocked early. He was able to get back up and get the dude out of there. Uh, but all around, I think his skills are very impressive. It's He uses his length really well. He's strong in there. He's good with his leg kicks, good with his hands. And I think that's what first impressed me was his ability to uh, I mean, put together a three, four, five punch combo and land with purpose and actually physically hurt his opponent. But then he couples that with really good, strong leg kicks. Again, he's six, three. So he's got a long reach on you and he knows how to use it. And then if you actually do get close on him, he's got some wicked uh, submissions. I mean, his ground game is nothing to be reckoned with at all. And again, I mean, when you watch him, 
when you watch his tape, it looks like Derrick Henry, you know, in high school. It's like he's just it's like men amongst boys. So I, you got to take it with a grain of salt. But talent sticks out. And I just wanted to take my uh, five minute spiel here on my, how, you know, you could crush on someone in a sports world. OK, I'm strictly talking about sports perspective or all you guys say is, hey, you turn on the tape. This guy looks good. It, it clearly pops out. Like it doesn't matter where he is. He could have been fine in a back backyard. It could have been on the street. It could have been in Austin. I mean, fine. There could be on fifth street or whatever. And it, it looks good. I mean, the dude looks awesome. So Zachary, someone we'll be talking about uh, a lot in the future here, I believe. Um, and again, no disrespect to Cody Brennan, but you know, nine and five record. They're both the same age here. Um, I just, I just don't think that he's going to have the, the answers. He is going to have a five inch reach deficit Again, Zachary Reese is going to have three or four inches on him, And that's going to be three or four inches on the legs as well. I just don't think he's going to have an answer. Maybe you're going to talk me. Uh, maybe you're going to elaborate on that answer unless you're just going to piggyback me and my boy, Zachary Reese here, Reese's pieces. Uh, but talk to me, MMA anomaly. What are you thinking? Well, since you were such a damn good sport, my friend, uh, you know, you, you let me take the lead that last fight and you were willing to so kindly go, you know, the opposite direction here. I'll be honest with you. I, uh, I may or may not have had the savage Zachary Reese as my pick here for this one going into it, but you know, call me crazy, but I'm willing to switch it up and go Cody Brundage. Um, I think maybe Zachary the Savage Reese might go out there and put too much of a whooping on Cody Brundage and uh, be too much of a savage. And we might see for the first time ever back-to-back illegal elbow DQ wins for a fighter uh, for Cody Brundage. (laughs) The ultimate wild card. (laughs) That's an MMA anomaly answer right there. No filter. (laughs) (laughs) uh totally totally kidding um i'll put the shot on cody brundage for funsies uh and you know what just because i I have to give some kind of rhetoric here on on why i could say that i could go with him i mean the man's had what seven fights in the ufc he's lost four he's won three and you know that's okay because he's fought against people like Nick Maximov, who trains with the the Diaz brothers, right? He's fought Dalka Lungiambula. He beat that guy, got the guillotine on him. But that's Dalka Lumbula. Um, a lot of people get the win over that guy. He's he's not the greatest UFC fighter. However, he did get a win over Trayshawn Gore. Now, if you're wondering why does that name sound familiar, that's because you might recognize the name of Mr. Vicious Trayshawn Gore himself from Tough. He actually won that season. Um this young man went out there and he put it on him. He got the win over him within three minutes and 50 seconds via KO. He then went out and had to face Mikhail Oleksajic, who you've seen me bet on. You've heard me bet on. In fact, I probably bet on him in that December 17th, 2022 card against the guy, the man, the myth, Cody Brundage, who we're talking about right now. Um, in his very next fight, they had to fight Rodolfo Vieira, who's an absolute beast. He's a jiu-jitsu legend. Uh what happened? He got jujitsu. He got uh, arm triangle choked out. And then after that, he fought Cedric Dumas, SD Dumas, the nightmare himself, who 
had just come off of a really vicious loss of getting wrestle fucked into oblivion. And he decided to just do a really, really wrestle heavy camp himself came out looking like a wrestler where, while Cody Brundage had trained for a striker fast forward to the next one. And then he gets that disqualification win with the illegal elbow from Jacob Malkoon. Um, the fact of the matter is this folks of his nine wins, seven of them are finishes. Okay. Um, Four by KO or TKO, three by submission. I just think that Cody Brundage, with his low sense of gravity, is going to make it hard, make it gritty, and pun intended, make it savage for his opponent, Zachary Savage Reese. And I'll put a shot on that. I'll put a shot on Cody Brundage here. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. You get some good odds if you put your uh, money, or at least where your shot is, put your money where your shot is, and where also your mouth is. I think at the end of this episode, we're probably going to do something fun. I'm going to, I'm going to play a little numbers game and then we're going to put a, uh, a little kind of okay parlay in for funsies. It's been a while since we've done a KOP brother. Might as well. You know what I'm saying? Let's have, have a good to. time with it. Um, it. Speaking of, it's been a while. It's been a while since we've seen Misha Tate inside the octagon. It's been a while. Um, since we honestly, last saw them, dude, yeah, banger, go. stained, it's freaking go, that's, dude. That's why it. That's, that's why it might have been popular when they folks. like started their career. Oh. I mean, this is a bro. <laughs> Let's go, my guy. Come on, picking up what I'm putting down. You know, you know, I lay it out for you to play it out, bro. Um, Absolutely, brother. We are in harmony. So we got Misha Tate, the cupcake herself, coming in against Julia Avila. This is going to be a fun fight, and I'm super excited about it, man. Um, I'll go ahead and let you take the lead on this one because I feel like we might be going opposite ways again. Ooh, 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 ooh. This is a tough one. Yeah, I mean, we got Misha Tate ranked 12, 37 years old, 19 and 9, 4KO, 7 subs. Did uh, Well, I mean, just take a, a quick step back here. A legend, Hall of Famer. I mean, this is someone that right alongside Ronda Rousey, frankly, if, if Ronda Rousey was ever born, this might have been Misha Tate's world uh, because she was equally talented. Uh, probably one of the toughest matches that Ronda had early on in her career before Holly Holmes, before Amanda, obviously before things changed. Uh, but Misha Tate has the look. I mean, she's obviously very pretty, uh, obviously very pretty freaking talented, pretty freaking badass uh, and well-rounded. I mean, she's got a great game. Uh, her striking's come together over her career, and she's got a great ground game as well. And I think that's going to be her best path to victory here. Again, I usually don't like taking the older fighters as she is coming in at 37 years old. Uh, but she's facing off against a Julia Alva, ranked 13, and she's 35. So a couple years difference. I actually uh, don't think that's that big of a deal. I, I think it's kind of a wash in terms of that, both on the other side of 35. Uh, and Julia Avila only nine and two in her career thus far, so doesn't have the same pedigree that Misha Tate's coming in here with. But she does have some similarities in that Julia actually just recently had a baby and had to take some time off, being you know chose motherhood over the UFC career, which is awesome. I mean, that's something that's you know great for everybody if that's your path. Um, and it's the similar path that Misha Tate took. So Misha Tate knows exactly that world she's coming from. Um, I'm curious if maybe she knows if she's going to have an edge. Is there going to be any kind of ring rust? How's your body going to respond? How's the weight cut going to go? I mean, there's a lot of different things I'm sure you have to deal with as, you know, pre-baby, post-baby, just as you get older. 
I mean, there's a lot of things to consider here. That's not uh, my, this isn't a podcast for us to uh, discuss those topics. So I'm just going to assume that uh, Misha Tate, the more talented, well-rounded Hall of Famer, is going to find a way uh, to win this fight. Probably go 15 minutes. I'd love to see, you know, Misha in there and, and get gritty, uh, make it a grinded out fight, you know, mean potatoes, take her down, uh, treat her like the punching bag and get some good reps in. And hopefully she can continue to to make some strides and go on a title run. I mean, she's that division's wide open. Um, and at this age, you're always a couple wins away if you have that kind of namesake. So why the heck not? Uh, I think this is Misha Tate's uh, fight to lose. And yeah, I think Julia Avila, although she is very talented um, and well-rounded, I, I just think Misha's, Misha just has too much for her. What do you think that, brother? <laughs> I mean, my thoughts are that you should probably go ahead and do your shot now. Um, I'm going for the Raging Panda in this one, my guy. You already know. Julia Avila. Uh, you might as well just call it like it is. Avila, uh, La Villa, La Villa, La Vida Loca. I'm living La Vida Loca. I don't know, dude. Either way, I'm going for Julia Avila, the Raging Panda. I think, I mean, if you just judge it up, talk it up, the nicknames here, we got a pancake, or not a pancake, a cupcake coming in against a raging panda. I combine their nicknames, pancake, panda cake. Um, we got a cupcake coming in against a raging panda. That raging panda is probably going to eat that cupcake for lunch. That's what I think is going to happen, folks. I think Misha Cupcake Tate, even though she is just barely two years older than her opponent, um, I just feel like she has a world more of octagon experience. And sometimes that pays dividends. Sometimes it plays to your disadvantage, right? I think this is going to be the latter. I think that uh, Misha Cupcake Tate just has a lot of wear and tear on the tires here, folks. She's got losses to Caitlin Young, Sarah Kaufman, Ronda Rousey, Alpha Cat Zingano, Ronda Rousey, Ronda Rousey. Um, I mean, just, I mean, she's, she, she fought Ronda Rousey hella times. Um, Amanda Nunez, Raquel Pennington, Ketlin Vieira, Lauren Murphy, Ronda Rousey. Um, she's, she's just, she's, she's been in a lot of wars, right? And a lot of these other girls of today's MMA, they've been in fights. They've been in battles. They haven't really been in wars. I mean, Julia Villa, she's, she's a testament to that, right? Like she's had, um, Four fights go to decision while her opponent has had four decisions that she's lost. Right? So, and she's had twice as many decisions that she's won. Those are wars, right? If it's going 15 minutes, if it's going 25 minutes, you're leaving a part of yourself in that octagon that you're never going to get back. And Julia Villa just has not done that as many times. And thus, I think she has a lot more wherewithal. She, even though only two years younger, she's a lot more, she's a lot younger in, in fight experience. And, you know, we love a, a good dog here, right? Like, you know, we're, we're big, big fans of dogs here. Um, <laughs> Julia Avila. She fights out of junkyard dogs fight team. Okay. Uh, so, you know, we have to go with the dog. All right. Julia Avila. I'm taking her in this one. I, I think she gets it done. I'd put the money line on her. Uh, I, I'm not confident that she gets the finish over a very game and, and durable Misha Tate. Uh, but I am confident that she gets the win over three inches on her too and reach. Um, 
I just think it's going to be a tough night at the office for a, a, a smaller sized Misha Tate. Um, I think this is going to be the retirement fight for Misha Tate as well. Ooh, you might be right. You might be very right about it. Guess we'll find out. Right Saturday. Let's go. Now, moving into the main card here. Um, you already know what it is, folks. Uh, we got to, as usual, you know, we address these things. We start off these things by addressing the elephant in the room. We had a card. We had a, we had a major fight fall off here that I was actually extremely excited about. We had Dan Hooker coming in against Bobby King Green. Now, before we get into that and kind of what happened, um, I think we should we should do a little festivity shot here. And um, unlike usual, usually we just kind of bust past this and go into the, the fight that they replaced it with and kind of what's next on the fight card. Before we do that, I'd actually like to change pace a little bit and not 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 a long spill here, but just quickly in a few words um, after we take a sippy sip. I'd love to hear you tell me how you would have seen the original bout going between Dan Hooker and Bobby Green, because that was a very curious matchup. And after? Cheers. Cheers, man. Yeah, after the announcement, I was bummed, definitely, because it felt like that was going to have some great striking. Uh, Although I felt... Although I felt, you know, Dan Hooker coming off his most recent performances and, and just some of the damage he's been taking, I, I was curious to see how he was going to look. Uh, but all things considered, I probably would have leaned Dan, the hangman hooker, I think, yep. as the fight would have gone on and as it would have went into deeper waters. Uh, some of that craftiness and the speed and the uh, defense that Bobby Green has, which is top notch. I think that slowly starts to dissipate over time. Uh, and that's why Dan Hooker starts to beat you. I mean, perfect example is what Dan Hooker did to Jalen Turner. I mean, whether yeah. the early storm and just found a way to dig deeper than most humans can f- even fathom and got a young buck like Jalen Turner out of there, un- you know, um, just unconfident, right? I kind of took his, uh, took the ego out of him, right? Or kind of just took that will of like, okay, he's not going anywhere. Like, oh, shoot. And the next thing you know, uh, I'm out of there. <laughs> so I think that might happen to Bobby Green here, right? I mean, he's someone that's going to be talking mess, that's going to be game. Uh, and honestly, I'm talking about it. I mean, there's going to be a lot of similarities. I mean, what we saw last uh, fight with Dan Hooker and Jalen Turner, I mean, we saw two guys that are absolute savages, top of the weight division. Uh, but Jalen did start to fade. That does scare me a little bit here. Uh, that does favor Bobby Green a bit more, especially it being, well, actually, it's only a three-round fight. Um, but with that in mind, I mean, if Bobby can escape that first round with minimal damage, uh, it starts to favor him as it goes on. Um, but Jalen Turner's ready. I mean, although he's taken out short notice, usually that's like a hindrance. I would say uh, Jalen has been talking like he's been ready. Uh, as long as he makes weight, which sounds like he was coming in pretty good shape. That's probably why he accepted the fight. I think he was already preparing with all these big cards coming up. I think he was already kind of preparing that, hey, if I got that call, I need to be ready. Um, and after a loss, you always want to kind of get that taste out of your mouth anyways. Um, yeah. And he talked about going through some mental stuff. He talked about feeling bad seeing Dan Hooker in the hospital after. I mean, a lot of curious things there. Uh, but I think he get I think he got that worked out. 
and he's just so darn talented, man. I mean, all things considered, I love the way he strikes. I love everything about the kid. Uh, and although I do like Bobby Green as well for different reasons, I mean, it's kind of like the nice guy versus the, the loud mouth bully a little bit in Bobby Green there. Um, but Bobby Green being 37 years old scares me a little bit. I mean, yes, he did look good against Grant, Grant Dawson. We, I don't think either of us saw that coming either. Um, but yeah, I mean, going to be a banger of a fight card. I, I just think Bobby at this stage in his career just doesn't have that deep of a gas tank anymore. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think, uh, or sorry, you said you don't think Bobby has that kind of gas tank. I mean, yeah. I mean, Jalen does. Jalen's. Let me look at Bobby's track record here. Because it just. I mean, he flashed flashed knocked out uh, Grant Dawson, obviously. I mean, just. I mean, didn't need much work. It was 30 seconds, right? Not flash knocked, but just. I mean, it was right on the money. Um, He he fought Tony last, right? And, And that was. A good fight. He, he did go the full, made it to the third round there. I'm just trying to think how often has he gone three or five? Um, you know what I mean, Bobby? That is. Yeah, I mean he's. I guess you're right. I, I guess maybe he hasn't gone. Oh, he did go five, three with his Eve. Yeah, he's, you know, he's like done he's, it. Look who he's fought. He's fought your yeah. Dustin Poirier. Like he's. And uh, man, I don't know. Rafael Fazeev, like, yeah, there's some dogs in there. I just feel like Bobby 100%. Green is on the way up, and and Dan Hooker's on the way down. So that just would have been a bad matchup. I'm not yeah. going to go into breaking this one down too too much because we might see it in the future. It might be a, a future episode. Um, uh, I, again, uh, Bobby Green has almost ten more wins than Dan Hooker, and only two more losses than him. So mm. I don't know. I feel like MMA math doing its thing. I, I would have probably put my money and my shot on Bobby Green. That being said, that's neither here nor there, folks. Puna Haley Soriano is up <laughs> in this beat. Let's uh, go. And you know he's coming in against Dustin Stoltzfus. That's going to be a fun fight. That's going to be an extremely exciting fight. I don't think that's going to be a fight that goes the distance. Um, my pick is neither Puna Haley Soriano or Dustin Soltzfus, it's uh, it's the under 2.5. I think that's uh, just a money money in the bank pick, if I've ever heard one. Uh, I mean, come on. Between the two of these guys, let's see how many how many actual decisions they have. Yeah, between the two of them, there's four decisions in their professional careers. So I'm going under 2.5 here. Put a gun to my head, tell me to pick somebody. Probably going to pick story time, Puna Haley Soriano, to... to Get it out pretty early. Go out there, put hands on him. He really likes to stay bottled up. Throw those like tight, almost Mike Tyson's like, gah, gah, gah. like really quick one, two outside. And then as soon as he gets blood in the water, it's just wide open hooks in the fucking clinch outside in the open, pushing you against the cage. So I, I see more of the same with that. I see Dustin Stoltzfus being wide open for that type of onslaught and, and attack. And I mean, it's a two and a half inch reach disadvantage for Puneli Soriano, but let's call a spade a spade here, as we usually do on the No Filter Show. This, I mean, this guy usually fights at a reach disadvantage. Come on, um, my shots on on Storytime. We'll see if uh, we'll see if I'm wrong and I'm taking a Storytime shot. 
<laughs> I'll be right there with you, brother. We both will have to do that story time shot together because uh, Punahele, yeah, is a stud, very strong, and his hooks are just filthy. I mean, when he starts letting them fly, someone's dropping. I mean, and it ain't him. Uh, yeah, 31 years old, 9-3 record, 6 KOs, most likely going to get it done that way. Uh, now, Dustin Stolstice, I mean, solid dude, no one to be reckoned with either. 32 years old, 14-5 and five record, just 2 KOs, 5 subs. And yeah, you know, when you watch him fight, it, it's it's somebody that is, how do I say, does a lot of things right, but isn't consistent enough, right? I mean, a 14-5 record obviously says a lot too. Um, leaves you a little frustrated, not as active uh, as a fighter. Like some of his statistics here are looking like they're just, uh, just not as high. Not a high volume guy. Um, he gets taken down a lot. His defense isn't great. Just a lot of holes in the game, unfortunately. And I don't want to go too far off track here and make it seem like he's some scrub. Because, again, he's not. He's a dog. Uh, But I think with some of those holes in the striking, that just leaves enough time for uh, story time to read you a lullaby and put you to bed with some of those nasty hooks and combinations he likes to put together. So give me Soriano by knockout, like you said. Or someone's getting finished here. And ain't sniffing a third round. Judges will not be needed. They can go ahead and uh, go get a beverage or a snack. And then come back to their seats and uh, catch the next fight. Completely agree. Uh, let's go, baby. Story time all day. We're going to move into the next. We got an absolute legend coming in here. Uh, we got Clay the Carpenter Guida coming in against Joaquin Silva. Man, this fight is one that I'm both excited about and scared for as a fan of. The old dogs here. Uh, Nano, hot mic going in here. Take the lead. Uh, I'm very, very nervous for my our boy Clay Guida. Uh, now 41 years old. I don't know if he turned 40 and realized I got to trim the very long curly hair. Can't look like a surfer bro on Huntington Beach anymore. Uh, now he looks like um, like your dad's accountant, probably. If he puts on a good enough suit. Uh, but yeah, man, Clay Guida, absolute legend. I mean, this is someone you grew up watching, someone I played on the original UFC games on with, I should say, uh, with those guys, Kenny Florian, Sean Shirk, a lot of those uh, lightweight guys are just fun to play with, BJ Penn. I mean, the list goes on. Uh, but Clay Guida is one of those guys, man. I mean, 38 and 20 record, 14 submissions. He's got seven KOs in his belt as well. Uh, but unfortunately, man, he's just, he's just, so darn weathered. I don't want to say old because 41 is still young. You know, I'll be there one day and I hope some young buck refers to me as a still a young, young gun. Uh, so he's, you know, he's still young, young enough to be fighting. He looks good in there, uh, but he's going against a Joaquin Silva, who's just a little bit younger, a little bit stronger, a little bit faster, probably a little bit better, a bit better. Um, yeah, Joaquin's a nightmare. I mean, his nickname is Neto BJJ. Uh, and somehow still managed to get seven knockouts under his belt with just three submission victories. Uh, and his most recent loss is someone we'll be talking about here a little bit later on, and that's Armand Sarukian. So no knocks there. But Joaquim Silva is someone that has a lot of the tools and, and still has a lot of oomph. Still has just, I just think, too much violence in him still. I think Clay Guida's, we were talking about people that might, you know, uh, see their way out after this fight. We talked about Misha Tate earlier. I think like Weida, man, this might be the the sun setting on his career. And and I wouldn't be mad. I mean, he's done everything he could. 
if he gets a win, fantastic. But I just think Joaquin just looks too strong and he's too skilled at this stage. What are your thoughts, brother? Well, I mean, Clay Guida, he, uh, he's had almost 60 fights. As you, as you so eloquently said, he's done almost everything there is to do in the, in the mixed martial arts stratosphere. Right. Um, now the, the guy across from him doesn't even have a third, the amount of fights as Clay Guida. So it's hard for me to say that. I think Joaquin Silva is going to go out there and beat the brakes out of, off of an absolute beast in Guida. Um, Joaquin Neto BJJ, which I prefer to say Nito BJJ, Nito BJJ, dude. Um, He's going to go out there and he's definitely going to try and get that win. Right. But let's again, as I like to say, call a spade a spade here. The guy got KO'd by Ricky Glint. I think Clay Guida's probably going to go out there and get the KO. And I think a fucking bottle of whiskey is going to get a KO that night over one jive turkey. Nano. Um, I'm calling it like I see it. I'm putting it all in on Clay the Carpenter Guida. Why? Because you don't bet against Jesus Christ. Not this close to his birthday. <laughs> Shouldn't have been a sayer, man. And I know the childhood drive turkey Nana would be very upset. He is kicking and screaming right now. He said, how could you? You always chose him to fight with him. Now you're fighting against him. It's not okay. It's not okay. I feel bad about it. I must admit. I can't believe you bet against him. I'm, I'm actually super shocked by that, to be honest. That's probably the most surprising. Hey, if it's any consolation, picks. he is in my DraftKings lineup. So what does that say? What does that say? Okay. I didn't say it was going to be says easy. everything. I didn't say <laughs> I was really, what it was. What did you give up? Everything. You were the chosen one, Anakin. Uh, can't believe you, man. Classic. Can't I know. You. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, you think you know someone. Uh, speaking of thinking you know someone, I um, this next one, I'm going to let you go first, if only because I feel like I have some insider news here. Um. Yeah, I feel like I got some insider news here. So, so we'll we'll have to see. Um, Ooh, oh, Nelly. Sean Brady coming in against Kelvin Gastelum. I want to know who you're taking to the bank. Who's your money on, and why? Oh, brother, this is a tough one, man. This is a tough one, right? I mean, to answer your question outright. To not leave the people hanging. I'm going with my boy Kelvin Gastelum, brother. I have to go with my boy Kelvin Gastelum. In a new division, feeling good as he's ever been. I mean, brother, how do you not? I mean, I just I've seen I've seen him just shock me. I've seen him win the fights he shouldn't have won. Yes, he's lost some fights along the way. But boy, does he look good doing it. I just think he's got that dog, man. I mean, I think the next cover of my book, Underdog, is going to have to be my boy Kevin Gassim on the cover, brother. Because he is that guy. The ultimate underdog. Looks unassuming. Has a very punchable face. Not the best personality. But you just root for the kid, man. Ever since the ultimate fight, I've been a fan of him, man. He's just, I mean, his style's awesome. He's going out there searching for the finish. And all things considered, Sean Brady... Aside from his great record and aside from some really good boxing skills, that loss to Bilal just, oh man, just it's, 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 it's like when you have 
that bad taste in your mouth and it just doesn't go away and it sticks and it just you always go back to that no matter what doesn't matter maybe it was just a bad batch no it's just not for me right i try to think of stuff for me it's like pickle juice i don't know something about pickle juice okay I, I just i can't do it can't do it some people like it they like their pickle backs with their whiskey i can't do it man and i'll never go back you might as well call me pickleback never married as a wise man yeah, no, that's a. That's how I remind Bro, you because it's again. I, I mean, this is how you remind me how to take whiskey shots. Um, I remind you how to puke, brother. That is a uh, pickle juice. I also, I also feel like every time I do it makes me laugh. Um, <laughs> I also feel like I was conditioned to take pickle shots, like even without alcohol, because like, let me tell, let me, let me go back in time just yeah. a little bit here. Preface this let, a little let's, bit. Let's, let's rewind just a second here. Um, growing up in Louisiana, our high school football teams and college football teams would actually give pickle juice to the athletes. Um, for electrolytes and as yep. a result brookshire's kroger's etc we started selling like kroger's brand 24 pack bottled pickle juice and your boy would buy that shit um and when i was working as an overnight stalker for brookshire's shout out um you know what i'm saying that's how i got these guns uh brother i would drink that shit i'd drink the fuck out of that pickle juice I'm gonna suck on you, pickle back. That is not my thing, brother. But let I me tell you, I if I it. wasn't drinking pickle juice when I was talking over nice, I, I was drinking like a half gallon of chocolate milk. I had the worst fucking diet. Um, there's <laughs> reason I was overweight when I lived in the South, dog. But picklebacks are a real deal for your boy. I, I'll like, I'm, I'm depleting wow. electrolytes and replacing electrolytes at the same time. Like, dude, as Conor McGregor says, sign me up. Well, as your boy Pickleback also said, I just want to be a big pot star. You know what I'm saying? Yep. That's what we're going to do. Absolutely, brother. That's what we are. We're pot stars, brother. That's what we are. You know that. Um, We're pot stars. We're all just going to be a big pot star. Talking MMA, driving real cool cars. (laughs) Sipping on pickle juice and drinking whiskey. that's it that's the end of it um, so moving into the next fight <laughs> uh we're actually still talking about sean brady and kelvin Gaslow. we My are goodness. still talking about that yeah but uh what are your thoughts <laughs> <So> man <laughs> we are we are still talking about that actually <laughs> we're still there. in fact we are um Home i do stretch. have this this is probably not breaking news but i think it might be a little bit of I personally think that Sean Brady is hiding a knee injury going into this fight. I think that he is looking past Kelvin Gaslam very heavily. He he is eyeing a shot at an Ian Gary dream matchup already, and I think that he's not taking this fight seriously. Um, if you would have asked me two weeks ago who I thought in this fight, I'd probably tell you Sean Brady, but 
That'd be because I wasn't thinking straight. And also because I didn't know about this knee situation, even without the knee situation though, now that my head is on straight, you know what I'm saying? I just had to screw it on a little bit here. Um, I truly think that Kelvin Gaslam, and you've heard me say this probably like five, six years ago, I think this is his weight class. He should have been here all along. Um, he blimped up after the Ultimate Fighter, and he couldn't get his nutrition under control. This is the skinniest he's been in a while, and I think this is the weight class that he should have been at all along. Sometimes there are fighters that are cutting too much weight. It depletes their chin, and it makes them a worse fighter, i.e. Dustin Poirier. However, on the flip side of that, there are oftentimes fighters that are – I don't want to say too lazy to cut the weight, but in a bad place, nutrition wise and unable to cut the weight for whatever reason, whatever the reason may be, that was Kelvin Gastelum for quite some time. And um, as a result, I just think that he was fighting a weight class higher than he should have been. He truly could be champ material at this weight class. Uh, and I think that that is something that we'll probably see on Saturday night in the welterweight division when he comes in against Sean Brady. I got Kelvin Gastelum. I think he actually gets this fight finished but i think it's gonna be a late finish i think he gets the finish late in the second or possibly even just right before the bell rings in the very third or very final round in the end um yeah i got kelvin gaslam here kelvin the gas tank gaslam as me and mystic drew like to call him that's who my money's on that's who my shot's on it's not very often but damn it we're on the same side of the river here this time brother Oh, man, but it's our guy, man. It's our guy. And that injury is interesting. I mean, I'm curious, is it, a, you said, is it a knee or, because I know he had a groin injury. That was why he pulled out of the JDM fight, Jack Della Maddalena. Something, is it associated or is this a new injury, huh? What are we thinking? So, I I mean, it's, it's a new injury from what I've heard. Um, Who's again, your source? I've I've heard I've I've read from numerous sources on MMA Twitter that there's there's knee issues uh, with Sean Brady, so I um, no blend yeah yeah I I don't want to name like any of the three sources that I have read it from just in case they end up being false but take it with a grain of salt um, I have seen and heard through the grapevine that there are knee issues with Sean Brady. Um, and uh, that he may or may not be not taking this fight as seriously as he probably and possibly should. Um, yeah, man. It's good that, to know. That, that reason and that reason alone. I mean, not even that reason alone. I just gave the other fucking reasons here, folks. Like, I, I'm, I'm just going with Calvin Gaslam. Like, yes, he literally has eight times the number of losses as his opponent. But the guy that handed his opponent his only loss is uh, Bilal Muhammad. I love Bilal Muhammad. Remember the name, baby. Remember the, remember the show podcast, one of the greats. He's um, a beast. But with all due respect, I think Kelvin Gaslam, he's got power. And if he hits him with the power that he has, Trump Brady's probably going to crumble the way he did against Bilal Muhammad. That's the thing. He just His, his willingness to fade or his un- uh, his lack of a, an ability it's to unwavering. stay in there. I'm well, Kelvin is just next. Oh, sorry, level. sorry, Kelvin, Kelvin's unwavering. Yeah, 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 Kelvin's yeah. next level. Sorry, but Sean, yeah, Sean, yeah. I, I just his 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 inability to, to get back in that fight was just brutal. I mean, and Bilal is a, yeah. a dog, you know, but he's not necessarily one to known to take anyone's soul. I mean, he's more of death by a thousand punches, more meat potatoes. Gonna go ahead and you know let you know. But man, I mean, he what he did to Sean, I mean, he just like completely, I mean, it was like someone ripped the catalytic converter out of his car or something. I don't know. It, it, it stalled out, brother. I don't know if that made sense or not. I'm not a car guy. Hopefully, hopefully that 
resonates that it was very important. I mean, I'm saying it like, you know. I mean, more so than Michael Bustle was just going out there and laying hands on him. Yeah, that pretty timed pretty well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that, that's what it looked like to me. It looked like Bilal Muhammad was just uh, angry. Outclassed him. Just, outclassed just, him. Yeah, he outclassed yeah. him. He outclassed him at every front. Um, man, speaking of at every front, you take one letter out of that word and you know what you got. You got our next fighter, Rob Font. Um, dropping it on him here, folks. Rob Font. Coming in against Davison Figueredo. You know we're talking about Piggy Piggy Piggy. Can't you see? Sometimes you gotta go up in weight class. Um, and so Figgy went up in weight class. Uh, I'm super excited to see it. He is going to the Bantam weight division. Up 10 pounds. Coming in against Rob Font. Nano. I know we're going opposite on this one, my guy. Oh, man. I know you got I'm... Figgy. You son of a bitch. <laughs> I know you're out of bounty. <laughs> I know you're out of bounty. <laughs> uh, hey, Piggy, 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 can't you see? That freaking big wake up just ain't for me. That's what he's saying right now. Oh. Nano I the mean, rapper. Dude, Piggy's just so. I, I mean, I just like the thing that sticks out with, with me is when he's walking around. Like at the UFC events or just like on random embeddeds or videos I've seen online. Have you seen just how freaking big Figgy is? He's like Aljo. He just like is like a freaking bowling ball. So I don't think this way cut. I, or I think this division is probably where he truly should have been at from the get, which is why he's even had some of those. Uh, let's just call them bumps in the road in his career. Uh, but let's not forget. I mean, I guess 21, three and one. And most of those losses and draws are to uh, one man, and that's Brandon Moreno, right? Um, so all things considered, uh, Deveson Figure, Figgy, 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 can't you see uh, that if you can avoid the jab and not allow Rob Font to develop his combinations off of that said jab, I think you, know, you have enough tools. You know, Figgy has the striking pedigree, a little bit more funky, not as uh, fundamental, Kind of comes at you from different angles. He's going to be a little bit shorty. He's kind of like short, kind of like crouches down a little bit more. Um, but when he explodes, I mean, it, it, it lands with purpose. And he's got the leg kicks. He's got that good explosiveness. I'm curious to see how he's going to look. Um, he might just look really big in, in that octagon next to a Rob Font, who to me just is a little bit more of a slender guy. But where he makes his money is that jab is, I mean, if he had to put up a, a uh, textbook fundamental jab. I mean, I don't know who else I can think of other than a Rob Font. I mean, help me out here, brother. I mean, I, it's a short list. I mean, this guy's, that's how he's made his money. Again, 20 uh, wins, seven losses, nine KOs. Uh, and again, what he did to my boy, Adrian Yan, his last uh, out and aboutage for him made me think, yeah, this guy's legit. And uh, hard for me to bet against him again here. I don't know if maybe just because you kind of felt that I was. I mean, I'm on the fence. Again, I can go either way. This is a literal pick when it comes to the betting odds. Uh, but all things considered, man, I, I'm going to go the underdog here. I'm going to go Figgy in the new weight class, the unknown. The guy that, if you're not named Brandon Moreno, I mean, this guy can kind of bully a little bit. I mean, he actually beat the current champion, Alexander P- uh, Pantoja. So, 
This guy's nasty, man. Uh, <sighs> tell me, I need you to tell me why Rob is such a great fighter and, and how, you know, Figgy's going to look depleted after a couple rounds, but I'm still going with them, man. I'm going with my dog. Talk to me, brother. So I didn't have enough time to write like a whole feature length rap song because I just wrote this while you were doing your breakdown. But I, I did write just, you know, this this quick little rhyme here. And, and this is the breakdown. Last name font, first name Rob. He'll have figgy eating fists like the corn of the cob with the stiffest jab that you'll ever see. He's going to get the finish over little figgy. Um, I mean, here's the thing, folks. That's it. Let's go, clip it. <laughs> Let's go. Um, I love, I love that. I love that that you jumped up and you did the the shadow boxing. It was fucking chef's kiss. So I mean, all right, good job, champ. I think that that's exactly how it's going to go. I think uh, Rob Font has probably arguably one of the best jabs, not only in the bantamweight division. Not only in the UFC, but in mixed martial arts. He has one of the best jabs in mixed martial arts. Um, a lot of people throw the jab, right? But the way that he actually throws it at perfect distance and turns it over, guarding his chin, his jawline, everything he does is just a, it's, it's picturesque. It's perfect. Um, it doesn't leave a lot to be desired, right? And uh, Biggie has relied on his power the entirety of his career at 125. He's been uh, what I would refer to as a weight bully. And I don't, you know, I don't, I'm not one of these folks that uses that word super lightly. I don't believe a lot of people were weight bullies outside of like your Conor McGregor's and that's back in 145 days. Right. Um, so the guy's a bit of a weight bully. And I think that this is going to prove that I think that when he comes out here and he, he fights someone that, has gosh uh, a three and a half reach a uh, three and a half inch reach advantage on him uh a three inch height advantage on him and arguably just all around a size advantage on him I, I just think he's gonna get beaten up i think rob's gonna keep him at bay keep him at distance with the jab and i think we're gonna see probably the best leg kicks that rob font has ever landed his entire career in this fight on saturday night um why do I think that? Because Figgy's going to be the smaller, faster guy. He's going to look to utilize that range, not the range, but kind of the ability to move back and forth and dart forward and back, right? So I think that if he's doing that, um, he's going to dart in and eat lead leg kicks all day, all day long. I think Rob Fon is going to pepper those up, and if he doesn't, he'll probably end up doing one of these quick jabs, and the second that jab connects – He's already coming in with that same lead leg. Boom, 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 boom. The quick tap, the quick tap. I've shown you that in person. Like it's one of my favorite things, right? You throw the same side and they don't see it coming. You set it up, you disguise it, you mask it in a beautiful way. So I just think that this is going to be the best way for this to play out. And yeah, I, I mean, I, I think this is the most realistic way for this to play out too. Rob Font's jab is the great differentiator in this match. I'm taking Rob Font money line. But if I was a more brave and ballsy person, I would probably take Rob Font by finish. Um, we'll go ahead and move into the next one here. We got Jalen Turner stepping in on short notice, guys. He's coming in against Bobby King Green, the man, the myth, the legend himself. Double middle fingers. The, the guy, guys. Um, Bobby Green is an absolute legend of this sport. Jalen Turner 
five, maybe 10 years from now, we'll probably be saying the absolute same about Nano. Let's just call it like it is, folks. Uh, Nano, who you got winning this one, man? Ooh-wee. This is a fun last minute uh, fight that we got here, ladies and gentlemen. Again, Jalen Turner, the tarantula, coming in on short notice. You gotta love it. Absolute dog. I feel like 2023 has been the year of short notice uh, banger fights. I mean, it's like the shorter the notice, the bat, more badass the fight is. So very excited about that. Uh, Jalen Turner, absolute savage, though. When all, all said and done, I know he, he's had some bumps along the road, still young in his career, and still just an absolute problem to deal with in the octagon. I mean, the way he deals with his spacing, and obviously, I mean, he's a tarantula. He's he's big. He's rangy. But he knows how to use that very, very well. I mean, he's been around the block for a long time. He's trained with all the who's who's. John Jones back in the day. Um, this is a guy that has seen a lot. And I think his style will uh, be a, a tough challenge for Bobby Green. Now, Bobby Phil Green, the guy that you love to root for, the villain, the guy that's going to be talking crap in there most likely. Uh, to try to get you off your game, you know, he has that X factor. And in my opinion, you know, although he does a lot of antics, all things considered, fundamentally speaking, yeah, some of the best boxing defense you're going to see in the octagon, ladies and gentlemen. His footwork, his ability to keep his hands down and still be out of range, not get touched. I mean, it's, I don't recommend it for everybody. Don't, it's a don't try this at home, but if you can do it, it's pretty freaking cool. Uh, and, and it's impressive. It, it's hard to do. Uh, so with that in mind, you know, I, Bobby Green, man, 37 years old. I know you, we talked a little bit about this earlier because Dan Hooker was supposed to fight Bobby Green originally, uh, which we were excited for. Uh, but hey, styles make fights. And stylistically, man, Jalen Turner is going to be a tough problem to solve. Again, his range and punching, uh, his willingness to just constantly move forward. You know, I, I'm curious to see, I guess the the big question is who's going to fade first, right? Who's going to who's going to connect first? Who's going to be there at the end of the round uh, still wanting more, right? Who's going to be first one off their stool? I have a lot of questions, man, but I'm personally leaning Jalen Turner here on short notice. Uh, I know it's hard to usually pick those short notice guys, but he's been ready. He was ready ever since his last fight. He's just waiting for the right dance partner. This came up. I think this is a good opportunity for Jalen to look at a Bobby Green who stylistically is coming off a, a powerful knockout victory over Grant Dawson. Uh, but stylistically, you think, okay, this guy is is not a, a Martise Gamrot. Okay, he's not some jujitsu uh, world champion. This guy's going to come out here and he's going to try to trade with me. Let's dance. And I think if that's what it boils down to, I think Jalen Dern is going to lead that dance. I think he's going to, you know, two, 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 two can tango. And Jalen Turner is going to find a way to get him out of there. So I'm leaning Jalen Turner. Wouldn't be surprised if it's by a uh, uh, TKO, maybe in the second round late. Uh, but Bobby's a dog as well. Wouldn't be surprised if they respect each other early on. Maybe that first round's a bit of a wash, and then you see a lot of action in that second and third round. But again, who's going to be there at the end, man? Does, is Jalen going to fade like he did against Dan Hooker? Is Bobby Green going to be talking crap, saying you know, walking that same walk when... Um, you know, you got Jalen in front of you for 15 minutes. A lot of questions asked, but I'm excited for Jalen Turner here because I think what's next for him is, you know, sky's the limit for this kid. Even though he's had some bumps in the road, I think over the next few years, man, we're going to see a lot of change in this division. But it's going to start with guys like Jalen Turner, who's going to have this feather in his cap. He's going to take and run with it. And uh, we'll talk about the breakdown. And I don't know. Are, are you going Bobby? Are we, we going to be doing a shot on this one? 
Brother, we could do one right now. Oh, um, I mean, that's, because let me tell you, that's irrelevant, I'm bro. on Bobby. Oh, I'm All on right. Bobby, brother. Um, yeah, we'll do it now and, and then we'll know, do one on, on Monday. Okay. Fun, fun fact. Fun fact, folks. I met both these kids on the same night. Jalen Turner and oh. Bobby Green. UFC San Diego. Lucky dog. Same night. What I met a them night. both. Shout what out a Drewski. night, baby. What a night. Shout out, Drewski. Let's go. Um, yeah, so I met them both on the same night. And uh, they're, they're solid AF, man. Uh, Bobby Green, of course, did the double fucking birds up to the Double camera birds. just classic picture brother it was sick as hell and, and jalen he was he was just like a nice down-to-earth dude like put his arm around me like he was cool as hell he just was like acted like he was one of the homies like you would think we were like friends right like um how down-to-earth he was so that being said i'm not basing this on how they were interacting with me i'm basing this on how they are interacting inside of the octagon with the people that they face now there's there's quite a bit of a, a reach difference here. There's a six-inch reach deficit for Bobby Green, but Bobby Green is an absolute master at getting inside the pocket and throwing straight shots. Um, I don't think this is going to be any different when it comes to that. I think this young man has a brilliant maneuverability at getting inside the pocket and throwing shots. Now, if you ask me how I think this fight goes on a six-month training camp or even a three- or four-month training camp, it's... I love Bobby Green, but it's Jalen Turner. It's Jalen Turner's world. If you ask me how this fight goes on five days notice, six days notice, I'm I'm saying Jalen Turner. If you ask me how this fight goes, when Bobby Green had a full fucking training camp and Jalen Turner stepped on on like five, six days notice, I'm going Bobby Green. Jalen Turner is one of, if not the largest men in this weight class and he's going to cut down and make 155 on like a week's notice less than a week's notice come on a i am hard pressed to think that young man is going to make weight b assuming he makes weight i am even more hard pressed to think that yeah that young man is going to win if he makes weight are you kidding me right now? Brother. Like, I just, it's it's crazy to me to think that, like, he's going to make 155, and then you think he's going to cut all that weight in a week and then beat Bobby Green? Brother, Bobby Green's not a scrub. Bobby Green is the freaking man. He's a beast. He's someone that went out there and went toe-to-toe with Dustin Poirier. Joe Rogan had to swallow his words, had gagged on him a little bit when he was like, man, Dustin Poirier is loading up on these shots. I don't think he wants to do that. This is not a good game plan. And then, whammy, Dustin Poirier put him to sleep. Um, I just simply don't think Jalen Turner is going to have that grit, that tenacity, that oomph in his shots. After taking the fight on short notice and having to cut all that weight, man, I think it's going to be tough. I'll drink to that, brother. That's a good one. That's a good call. And we'll find out it's Saturday. Tough, man. Let us know in the chat what y'all think. Yeah, we want to know your picks in the chat. Like, let us know, A, is this a better, like, more favorable matchup for Bobby Green? Or is it a worse matchup for him than Dan Hooker was, right? Like, Jalen Turner's a a very different fighter than Dan Hooker. And do you think that Dan Hooker, or sorry, do you think Jalen Turner wins this fight against Bobby Green? Because I simply do not. Um, 
now without further ado you already know what time it is folks it's it's main event time i'll let bruce say it because he says it best it's time we got the main event of the evening. We got Benny from the Black, Benil Darius. You know I'm talking about the Assyrian Bull himself, Benil Darius, coming in against Armand Sarukian, the up and comer, the stud, not a dud. Man, this kid's a beast. Man, I, I'll be honest with you. This one is one that I'm very excited about. It's one that I think should have happened um, already, but I'm glad it is happening now. <sighs> Man, I, I think this is probably going to be another one we go opposite ways on, Nano! Let us know how you feel, Nano. Oh, brother, you're probably right, man. And I went back and forth on this, ladies and gentlemen. This is a great main event. It may not be household names, uh, at least on this side of the world, but these are two absolute dogs. People that have a lot to fight for, people that uh, both have fought a lot here in the UFC, and people that are in one of the stacked division, one of the most stacked, well, let me just say, the most stacked this division with defined, like, with divinity. Uh, absolute fact, no doubt about it. Can't even test it. Lightweight division is by far the most stacked. So many dogs in that division. Uh, and these are two more dogs, okay? I'm going to start with our boy Armand. The young assassin, 27 years old, 20 wins, three losses, eight KOs, five submissions. Well, I mean, I could go on all night. I mean, we're, you know, hour and a half in here. I don't know how much time we have, but brother, this guy Armand uh, Sarukian. Unlimited time. Limited. This guy has all the tools in the toolbox. I mean, this guy's very impressive. When you turn on the tape, first off, he looks extremely impressive. I mean, shredded to the gills. Uh, very, very muscular, looks very strong, and he fights that way as well. Really impressed with his stance, and I, for whatever reason, something that says I just really like his his way of kind of entering loose, but but right where he needs to be, and and he's got a really good lay, uh, lead leg kick that uh, does a lot of damage to his opponents. Has strong hands. I mean, some of the check hooks that I've seen him throw and um, counter and drop his opponents is super impressive. But where he really makes his money is his uh, dominant wrestling capabilities, his ground game, and his willingness to just be violent, be dominant, and just rain down strikes upon uh, his uh, his opponents. He has great vengeance. I was thinking of the Samuel Jackson line there. Um, but again, I mean, stylistically, this is going to be a fun matchup because Benil Dariush is no freaking slouch. This guy, aside from losing to Charles Oliveira, which... Charles is world class, right? He's a Hall of Famer. He's someone that's elite of the elite. Um, you know, Benil was on one of the best runs that we've seen in the UFC octagon. I mean, this guy, exciting victory after exciting finish, after submission, after spinning back fist, after hype, after just being a guy you're on a roof for, right? I mean, you know, you mentioned his background, and aside from that, it just seems like a nice freaking guy. Super cool, very easy going. Uh, but has heavy hands and had every reason to call his title shot. And fortunately, you know, it didn't go his way, but he took the time he needed to recover it. And again, this is another shot, man. I mean, it doesn't get any easier when you're at the top. And there's always some young buck chipping at the heels, uh, some younger lion that's just as hungry, uh, not, maybe not as battle tested, uh, maybe doesn't have many scars, but he's wants the throne, right? And and I think that's what we have here in our Armand Sarukin, man. This guy. 
it's just, I think he's just next level. I mean, all things considered, I think his athleticism, I think when you break down the situations that they're going to find themselves in, in this 25 minute fight, it just feels that Armand Sarukian has more answers. He has more ways to get it into his favor. I think he's going to find ways to do more damage. And, you know, Benil's real uh, strong suit is, is his ground game and his ability to be crafty, his ability to be strong, get you in the clinch, get you up against the fence, get you down. But this guy, Armand, I mean, just, just Google search him. The guy looks like an action figure and he fights very strong. I mean, he, he bulldozes through people. And so with that considered, I, I just, I'd be hard pressed to go against the young, equally talented, equally skilled fighter. It's like Gohan, his skills are unlimited right now. Going up against, you know, Benil is kind of the aging, I don't know, Piccolo in this situation. I mean, the, the, the relationship dynamics don't necessarily work, but you get the picture. I'm leaning Armand here, brother. And honestly, this guy uh, from Georgia, and I'm not talking about Red Charles, I'm talking about the country. Um, he's, he's looking, He's he's got gold in his uh, future, I believe, potentially. It's on his mind, but it might be in his future, brother. What are your thoughts? Oh, man. Yet again, I knew it. I called it. I call it as I see it, man. I knew we were going to be different on this one. I just had a weird sneaking suspicion, you know? Um, call it what it is. I, I just knew. Uh, but here's the thing. I just, I know that this one is one that everybody's leaning towards Armand Sarukian, and I get it. I really, truly do. Armand Sarukian is an absolute beast. He's uh, he's a kid that I've actually been high on for some time. You know this. You know this. But I digress. Um, I, I just can't go with him on this fight specifically. The reason being, Benny from the block, man, uh, he shares the same blood the same nationality as as my old lady, so I uh, got to go with that guy. It's it's the Assyrian bull in this young man. He is an absolute beast. If I'm being completely honest, I'm just using that as a crutch. I would go with him even if it wasn't for that. Uh, I, I truly think that stylistically, he's a bad matchup for his opponent on Saturday night. Um, I just think that this is going to be one of those fights where the more experienced guy ends up getting it done. And like though Armand Sarukian is extremely good, make no mistake about it, right? I, I truly do believe that this guy could be and is the future of the division, but not today. Um, I, I, I just don't think that it's going to be today. And shout out to Mary in the chat who found the air horn emoji. To Let's post go. In the chat. We love to see it, baby. Let's go. Just in time. Just in time. Let's get it. You know what I'm saying? Going extra hard in the paint, folks. Um, so, yeah, I, I just think that this is a bad matchup uh, for, for your boy Armand Sarukin, though I like where he trains. I like who he trains with. I like how he trains. I like what he does. I, I, like, I like everything about him, except for this fight. Uh, I just think that it's a bad fight for him. I think our guy gets it done. And by our guy, I mean my guy. My guy, 
you know we're going with Benil Darius. I just think he gets it done. I think he probably gets it done via finish. Um, I don't think it's going to be an easy fight for him. I don't think it's going to be one of those fights where he like goes out there and and makes it look effortless by any way, shape, or form. But I do think it's going to be one where he is able to get it done. I do think it's going to be something where Armand Sarukin goes out very early, shoots for takedowns early on, and when he's not able to get them, he ends up looking a little bit deflated and, for lack of the words, possibly defeated, right? Um, we we saw a similar situation happen in somebody that Armand Sarukian has actually faced himself that his opponent has also faced in Mateos Camaro. Um, now, Mateos Camaro coming in against uh, Armand Sarukian was a great fight. I actually thought Armand Sarukian did just enough to win that fight, but the judges gave his opponent, Mateos Gamer Gamro, the decision. I think it's going to be kind of like that fight, a knock him down, drag him out fight, but I just think Benil Darius is going to do just enough to get it done and possibly even get the finish late in the fight, probably in like the fourth or fifth rounds. Um, yeah, man, that's that's how I see it going. I, I mean, it's tough, right? This one's definitely a tougher fight to call, but at the same time, I, I still think that... Um, I'm fairly confident in this one, man. I'm I'm fairly freaking confident in this one. I love that. It is a tough fight, brother, and it's a main event for a reason, man. I mean, great narratives, great stories, two fighters you want to root for, and two fighters that have all the skills. They have all the makings of a champion, and I think we're going to see a champion-level fight. So I'm excited for it, brother. I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't. But yeah, I got to stick with the young buck here, so you know we'll have our shots ready. And it's going to make for some entertain entertainment on Saturday, most definitely. Make sure y'all tune in. I think it's in, would you say Austin, right? Are they in Texas? UFC Austin, baby. All right, let's go. I have a little bit of a different layout here for the bets this week. Um, so that you don't have to miss out on seeing our pretty faces. Uh, I, I went ahead and did it this way. Nah. So here we go, baby. I like let's it. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of a different layout here. Bam! Let's go. You can see his fighters right above his beautiful face. And you can see my fighters right above my beautiful face. Now, obviously, we went quite a different way here in this one this week. We had this guy putting up one unit for 5.8, which is solid. He's got some solid picks here. And you had me uh, spreading the wealth a little bit, right? I did one, uh, like I did, I did a 0.25 units here, 0.25 units there, 0.5 units here, and then a full unit there. And this guy just went all in on the one bet as per usual in Nano fashion here. Uh, so, Nano, you want to lead this one out or you want me to take the lead here? Uh, I'll go first, brother. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, and yes, I, 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 I'm, I'm a nature of habit. I am just a jive old turkey, man. And what do jive turkeys do? You put all eggs in one basket and we gobble around. Thank you, brother. Right on cue. And... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, brother, I'm going to start with my guy. Oh, start on the wrong side here. Numero uno, Zachary Reese, brother. Uh, money line. And not much to say. I mean, I just think I'm really high on him. I think he has a really good matchup here against Cody Brundage. And all things considered, he has all the tools, I feel like, to win it um, any way he needs to. I mean, with his hands, with his knees, with his legs, going to the ground. He could choke him out. Head, shoulders, knees, and toes, baby. Zachary Reese is a guy that's going to be sticking around for a while. He's going to use that range. And we're going to see some high-level uh, striking from him. So, and for as long as it lasts, give me Zachary Reese, baby. Reese's pieces. Next up here, 
Kelvin Gastelum. I mean, what do you, what do, what do I need to say to convince you that this is just someone that you don't want to bet against? Okay, he, I think he is an underdog here technically. I got to double check that. Um, let me look at my draft Kangs. But as I'm pulling that up here, uh, just someone that I've always rooted for. I mean, a, a favorite fan favorite of mine. So maybe I'm betting with my heart here a little bit more. Uh, but I do think that, like you talked about uh, in your breakdown as well, Olin, like he's in the right division. Like he's finally at home. You know, this is where he should have been. He got the diet down. He got the weight down. I think he's going to be looking fast on his feet. He's going to be uh, able to, I think, possess some of that power that he had at welterweight. Um, or was he a middleweight? Maybe I got it reversed. Either way, at the higher weight class. Uh, and... And yeah, and I think all things considered, like, I mean, he's used to fighting against these bigger guys. He's going to have that strength, and I think he's going to be able to use that uh, against Sean Brady here. Next up, we got Jalen Turner, the tarantula, taking on short notice. I know you disagree, so I'll keep it short and sweet. But I just have a feeling, man. I mean, he's he's just too much for Bobby Green. I mean, he's not Grand Dawson, so I'm just going to sit there and, and let you hit him. Uh, he's not one-dimensional. Jalen Green has all the tools and I think he's coming in here. I think the only reason why he accepted it was because he's ready to go. It's the only reason why I think he took this fight. Uh, and then last but certainly not least, Armand Sarukian, my biggest dog. Uh, well, actually, he's the favorite, so I shouldn't say he's technically a dog. Kelvin Gaslam's technically my only dog at plus 105 odds. Uh, but Armand Sarukian at minus 310, the largest favorite, I should say. Uh, again, just feels like the safest pick here for me personally. I just think he has all the tools. But Neil is a savage, and there ain't no easy fights here. Anyone, I mean, I, I haven't won any of these in a while, I'll admit. So I think I'm due. Uh, but if I don't win, you know, I'll obviously go back to the drawing board here. But I do admit, uh, this game of UFC, man, you never know. Truly, it, it's it's always a toss-up. Um, but you bet with your heart, you, you go with your gut. And uh, that's what I did here for my one unit, for 5.8 units back in return, hopefully. Uh, and I'll pass it over to you, brother. Break it down for us. Beautiful breakdown. Beautiful breakdown, my friend. Uh, going through mine, guys. We're we're spreading the wealth here a little bit this week, folks. Uh, we got Veronica Macedo, a.k.a. Veronica Hardy. We're going money line. Uh, we're going plus 130 odds here. We're, we're just laying down a soft bet on this one, folks. Not betting the bank here. We're just going a measly. Okay. What is it? Uh... 0.25 units yeah we'll do a 0.25 unit on this one um gonna pay out a decent amount here uh gonna pay out a little over half a unit for uh, a, a little under a, or for a quarter unit so not too bad um moving on i mean i've already gone through the reason that i think veronica hardy gets this done folks we all know why veronica, veronica hardy gets this done she's got the mastermind she's got the ace she's got the ace of spades in her corner in uh dan hardy all right she has megamind himself coaching her teaching her and just making her get better every step of the way that way she can go into that octagon and get that Fatality. you know what i'm saying so we're going veronica hardy on this one and that's why we got her for the money line, plus 130. Moving on, we got Ihor Potiera coming in against Rodolfo Bellato. I already broke it down for you, but I'll do it again. He's the gunslinger. He's the man with the moves. He's got 
way more fight experience, and that's why I'm banking on this man getting it done, this man getting it right, and Las Vegas getting it wrong, putting him at plus 320 odds. Gimme, 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 gimme those odds, folks. I'll take them all the way to the bank. Um, so, Brigoni or Patera for that one, we're, we're going to do a little uh, 0.25 here. We're going to do a quarter of a unit on that one. What does that get you? Get you a little over a full fucking unit for a quarter of a unit. Why not? Let's go. Moving forward, we got both of those guys. Tack, tack. We'll tack them on to the parlay. Who else is on the parlay? Well, we got Coconut Bombs. We got Nighttime himself. We got Storytime. Puna Haley Sordiano coming in against Dustin Stoltzfus. Either way, these guys are both going to go out there and leave it all on the line. I think Dustin Stoltzfus leaves his hands down when he throws strikes. He has a habit of doing this number. Every time he throws, his hands get a little bit lower. You can see this if you're watching the video version. The one comes. As it comes back, it comes a little bit lower. The two comes lower, 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 lower. And <laughs> it's sleepy time. Put Haley Soriano. Got to come out there. And just tell him a little nighttime story and put him to sleep. Uh, moving forward, we got the best jab in the freaking business, folks. You know what I'm talking about. Looking for a font to type up that beautiful little PowerPoint in? Look no further than the Rob font because that's the one that's going to win. Folks, that's why he's the second to last. He's the co-main event of the parlay. And what else? Oh, yeah. He's going to get it done. He's going to get it done by finish. But you know what? We went safe on it. We went money line, money line, money line, money line. We went Rob Font money line on this one too, folks. Rob Font money line against Figgy Figgy Fitty. Can't you see? It's time for MMA Namali to make some money. Uh, so that's what's going to happen on Saturday night. You heard it here first. And going into the main event of the evening. For Benil Darius to get it done, folks. I had to put a half unit on this guy. Aside from the parlay, little side bet, little side money. You know I'm excited to make that money. Half unit to make one and a half units. Actually, more than one and a half units. Damn near two units on it. And what does that parlay get you? Well, I'll tell you this. That five-pick parlay is going to come in sitting at plus 7,180 on Vegas odds, folks. That's how much they don't want to see your boy win. That's how much they don't believe in MMA Anomaly. But you know I'm going to break down the word again. MMA, mixed, martial arts, anomaly. Something that's a little bit different than the beaten path. That's what this parlay is, folks. It's the MMA Anomaly parlay. It's right fucking here, and we're going to hit on Saturday. We're going to make that money. I'm talking two units. That's it. Two, one, two. To make how many? 76 units in that bank. Take it home, folks. We're ready. Oh, cue up that freaking round of applause, brother. Let's go. Thank you, my friend. A little more sophisticated. Let's go, brother. That was fire. I might need to might need to chase your bets now. That was so gosh darned good. I know someone is in this uh, stream right now. Maybe just sell some money. Or if you hate us, then chase against us and maybe when you sell some money that way too. Let's go. <laughs> you know, if if somebody bets against all of our bets and they hit, that might actually be the only thing that would be better than somebody betting with all of our bets and hitting. Please, please let I'd us be know. Stoked. I would be super stoked. 
And I might start betting that way. Just whatever I do and then the opposite. <laughs> when in doubt. Let's go, baby. Yang um, style. I personally, I'm going to be honest with you. We're a little bit against each other here. But I feel like the way that we have this set up, one of us is going to win. And I did say that there was going to be a little bit of a change up here. Going to go ahead and take that off the page here. Going to go ahead and open up the DraftKings sports books here. And let's uh, let's go ahead and do a cop, a KOP for old time's sake here, my guy. Um, so I'm going to have you pick a number between one and two. What is that number? One and a half. One point five. Is it a whole no number? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> number one. <laughs> That's hilarious. And uh, number between three and four. <laughs> uh, let's go forward. No decimals. Okay, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. perfect. All right. So um, you get first pick and fourth pick. We're each picking two. Okay. Draft out, baby. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. So the like rules it. are, it can be any pick. Um, it can be any pick on DraftKings Sportsbooks. It can be Moneyline. It can be like straight odds. It can be round specific. It can be anything in the world. But you have the first pick and the fourth pick. And we're locking it in for one unit. And we're going to tell the viewers what those odds are before we place that bet. Hmm. The song is so catchy, right? It is. Oof. I'm looking at everything real quick, so I want to be strategic here. So I'm the first, so I have to go first, huh? Okay, okay. You do have to go first. That's why I did it. I did it. I did it random. Like I literally gave you the fucking option, bro. Like you fuck That's yourself, fair. kid. I did. I did. <laughs> I, I I chose this path. I, I must. I must walk upon it now. I'm gonna go. I'm going to go with the over 3.5 for Darius and Armand. I have a feeling that's going to that's going to be a slugger, right? Over how many? 3.5. Let's we'll go championship okay. rounds. I mean maybe think about it. No, I mean, well, obviously, Benil got finished in his last fight, but other than that, I don't think either of them have really been finished that often, if at all. Fair. I think that's where I'm leaning. Oh, Armand's been KO'd once. That was like in 2015, not even in the UFC. Oh, I got my first pick. It's, it's minus odds, which is usually against my go-to, but I'm ready. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with this. It's very, very little minus. Oh, no, he has <laughs> been. favorite. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. Okay, I'm not doing this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, <laughs> That's not good. Okay, you know what? 
We're putting Nano on the spot here, folks. I know. Holy cowabunga. Love- Why don't you tell us what you're thinking? I was trying to look at the over-unders, but all these fights, like, are tough. Like, Jalen Turner, Bobby Green, like, that can easily be a quick, quick one as well. Actually, over over one and a half, minus 180, but it's minus 180. It's not, like, it's not great. Ooh, what about you? Think Rob's gonna you think Rob's gonna get Figgy out of there pretty quick? Quick? No, I don't. I don't think it's gonna be a quick one. Ooh, okay. Oh no. I don't. I don't want to tell you my pick at all because I don't want to sway yours. I feel that. Let me do. trying to think like who, who do we talk about that i was kind of like you know what it's, you made some good points and i feel like of all the people we talked about that i feel like you said i had really good points on it was probably like puna haley soriano or mm-hmm. maybe julia avila yeah i think i do like soriano maybe we'll go under under one and a half plus odds. I think I like that. <laughs> I like that. I think that's the one. <laughs> Under one and a half is not a bad play on that one. All right. I think so, he get him out of there in the first um, round. Yeah. Yeah. If I, um, let's see here. Under one and a half on Puna Haley Soriano. Plus, plus one twenty to start us off. All right. I'm going to go a uh, very, very light favorite here. Um, Still kind of a far-fetched. I wouldn't even say it's far-fetched at all. I'm going to go into the winning method category, and then I'm going to click on the tab for method of victory double chance here. Mm. And we're going to go. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to put you right back in the hot seat, my guy. Or actually, no, I'm not. I get get a double pick here, so I'm actually going to be in the hot seat for a minute because I only have one prepared. So um, (laughs) first one here before I'm in the hot seat sweating for a second here. Before I pass it back, we're going to go Rob Font to win by TKO, KO, or uh, decision. Minus 135. So that has us sitting at plus 282 for a two-pick parlay currently. Um, Let's see. Let's see who else we like. And in the chat, please let us know. Give us a fucking lifeline if there's someone that you really think uh, is going to get this done here. Um... And you wanted to do, uh, let me see. Was it the double chance? Yeah, so winning method, method of victory, double chance. Rob Font to win by KO, TKO, DQ, or decision. Cool. Minus one to the pass. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, Is there a fight that I truly think goes the distance? Or a fight that I really know isn't going to go the distance? Um, Man. 
Man, there's a lot of really, really solid round props too. Fuck. Um, I know. Okay, okay, okay. Hold on. Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Alternate total round fight lines. Let's see what we're looking at here. The, the over on Clay Guida and Joaquin Silva is kind of tempting. Clay Guida, quite a bit of a grinder. Um, mm-hmm. His opponent, Joaquin Silva, quite a bit of a finisher. So quite a bit of a toss-up. Um mm. His opponent has had five, uh, six fights in the UFC. Only one fight has gone to decision, and that was a grappler without finishing power, Vince from Hell Pachel. I would say Clay Carpenter is pretty much the same. Man. Over on that's looking kind of juicy at minus 190. Ooh. Clay and Joaquin over... Over one and a half. I like that. Why am I not seeing? It's uh, it's so alternative. it's in uh, fight lines, alternative fight, uh, total rounds. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. I'm trying to decide. Ooh. I'm trying to. I'm trying to lock that in. I'm trying to decide if I want to lock that in. Um. <laughs> I think Benil Dariush and Armand Sarukian goes the distance. That's what I'm between. So I'm between the over 1.5 on Clay Guida and Joaquin Silva and the under 4.5 on Benny from the block and Armand Sarukian. Man. You know what? I'm gonna bet on the I'm you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna play the exciting MMA fan here. I'm gonna remove the under 1.5 and I'm gonna go for or, or, uh, the over 1.5 and I'm gonna go for the under 4.5 on Benil Darius versus Armand Sarukian, which is better odds. Yeah, it is minus 140. That gets Solid. us up to plus five fifty-six and Nano with the final pick. Nice. Nice. Oh man, and I, think, I, and I think and I think this baby. is we did talk about this being our potential fight of the night. So with that being said, do we think that's going to finish? Which one? We talked about Steve Garcia. Steve Garcia. <laughs> Steve Garcia. Garcia. <laughs> so much time, Garcia. Oh, yeah, against Mel. Kizael. Melkazel. 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 That's a fun name to say, truly. Totally. I do like it. The more I say it, the more I like it. The more I like it. Eric, Eric said in the chat, hate betting for the win, LOL. Oh, yeah, brother. <laughs> I can honestly tell you every time Eric has ever texted me and said that he's confident in someone winning, that person has lost. Oh, really? <laughs> every every single time, bro. Like, oh no, he's all. This is why I don't bet. He's all. If I ever text you and tell you that I'm gonna bet, bet your house against that bet. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. 
the worst thing is that like I, like I love Eric to death, but fuck man, he's not wrong, you know. <laughs> Look at the chat, bro. Every fucking time. <laughs> Every single time. <laughs> Every single time, bro. It never fails. Every single time. Yeah, I, I like. Hmm. I like them all. But I do think. Alternative twelve rounds. Here we go. Oh, is it not all of them? Hmm, okay. Scratch that. I think, dude, under one point five is plus one hundred five. Do these guys? I feel like you don't see that many finishes with the, as many finishes with the lower weight divisions. But boy, do these guys like to put it on their opponents, man. I mean, Steve Garcia has 11 KOs. Let's see how many are in the first round. One. Two. Three. Uh. <laughs> Eric said, even if I try to trick the system, the person breaks their toe or something mid-fight. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how it goes, huh? So it's, it's always something like that. Oof. It never fails. Every single time. Actually. I went under on the first one. I'm going to go over 1.5 on that fight. Steve Garcia. First Mez. Melchizael Costa. It's minus Melchizael. 135. But I think as long as that fight's going to last. I mean, it's going to be nothing but fireworks. These Both these guys are smart. But even a lot of Mel, Mel Kizael's finishes are, are in the second, Mel third Kizael. round. Steve has some second, third round finishes. These guys are going to calculate each other the first round. That's, that's my logic. I mean, I mean, also under over. Could be getting better odds with over on Gasolum, Sean Brady. A little bit better odds. Nah, I'm scary. I don't like that one as much. Nah, I like these two guys. These guys are savages. One uni get us 10, 11 and a half almost. Close to 11.5. Wee! We gonna be rich. I know you're right about it. Wait, what was... So your final pick was Mel Melchizel? Was it... Over, over 1.5, over, over. 1.5. Yep. Love that. I actually love that. That's a great pick. Cause those guys are going to be, uh, going to be Yeah. They'll be the lid. Over 1.5 or over 2.5. One. Yeah. I like that a lot. Solid. Yeah, dude. Honestly, one unit to win, uh, 11.5. Almost. Let's go. Oh. I like it a lot. I'll take Lock that. Lock it up, dick, baby. Lock it up. So that is the that's the final kind of okay parlay. We got the under one point five on Puna Haley Soriano versus Justin Stoltzfus. We got the uh, Rob Font to win via TKO, KO, or DQ or decision. 
Um, we got the under 4.5 alternate total rounds for Benny from the block. Benny Darius coming in against Armand Sarukian. And we got the over 1.5 total rounds for Steve Garcia coming in against Melchizel Costa. Um, I, for one, am super stoked on this one. I think it's going to be a great parlay. And uh, it's the return of something beautiful, folks. I think this has been a fan-fucking-tastic episode. I have loved having you all here. Um, Nano, I could go on all night like this, man, but I know you got a work day tomorrow, and I do too. So we should probably let the people go to bed too uh, at some point. Nano, anything else you want to say to the people before we uh, do our little sign-off here? Yeah, I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate all y'all, all y'all tuning in. Hopefully you just uh, subscribe. Hopefully you uh, throw some comments down. Let us know what you think. Uh, we're on here. We're on Twitch. We're on Spotify. We're on social medias. We're on the X. And we're here every Monday and Wednesday. Come say hello. If not, uh, spread some love. Spread some positivity to uh, people in your community. And hopefully you can tune in on Saturday. If you can, watch the fights. It's fun. Maybe a little different. You may you know, have to have that awkward conversation. Hey, do you mind if we turn on the fights? I don't know if you guys watch anything. I know you got Coco Melon on, but you know, maybe turn on the fights for a little bit. It's worth it, y'all. I'm telling you. Uh, but we appreciate y'all. Keep uh, keep the positivity moving. Let's go. Let's go, folks. You are the man. Uh, whether you're new here, whether you're old here, whether you're returning, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications. And if you don't know, now you know we have a contest going on right now, folks. All you have to do to be entered into the contest, subscribe to the channel, like this video or any of the previous videos for that matter, Comment on them within the next 30 days. You'll be entered in the contest to win a meat and potato style striker shirt. You can find that in MMA Anomaly shop on Teespring. Um, there's a couple in the mail right now on their way to Nano. He'll be sporting them pretty soon. Let's go. And um, something I like to say here, folks, as usual, keep on going and keep on growing. We'll see you on Monday, folks. You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA, and our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.